How's everybody? Yeah. We good? Teach us something. Teach us something. Well, what are we teaching? Revelation. Revelation. What did we uh, don't get off? Don't get off the subject. Okay, don't get off the subject. <laughs> Paul, could you open us in a word of prayer? Great. Amen. All right. Well, let me see here. We're very small. Yeah, very something. Okay. Turn in your Bibles to Book of Revelation. That's a start. It's towards the end. That's right. It's towards the end. All right. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I put it right, uh, right there in the way. Uh, all right. Let's pick it up in verse, uh, verse one. The revelation of Jesus Christ. That's where uh, uh, the uh, apocalypse. That's the word revelation. The apocalypse. Uh, it's where we get ap apocalyptic literature. This is the word apocalypse. So if you ever hear that word. Apocalypse, that's, that's where it comes from. Uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which he gave, uh, uh, which God, uh, okay, let's start over. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God, uh, which God, he gave him to show his bondservants, the things which must shortly take place. And he sent and communicated it by his angel to his bondservant, John, who bore witness of the word of God. And the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy. That's interesting, isn't it? Blessed is he who reads and those who hear. Um, remember that um, you needed that Bible? Yeah, I do. Is this the Bible? Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to sit in the back. <laughs> um, remember that... Um, that for 16, 1700 years, even longer, depending upon where you were, um, you didn't read the Bible. You heard the Bible. Um, who read the Bible? To the hearers, the pastors, uh, the leaders in the church did. So blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written for the time is near. For the time is near. Um, the uh, that uh, you say, well, this was we're, we're two thousand years later. What's going on here? Time is not near. Um, in, in biblical 
language, big biblical terminology. Um, there was everything except the end had already taken place at this point. Does that make sense? By the time John writes this, uh, the Christ of the promised, the promised Messiah of the Old Testament has come. Uh, Israel has rejected. The gospel has gone out to the Gentiles. Uh, all of the prophecy has been fulfilled except for the, the last things. Okay? And so he's writing about the last things. And so on the, the order of events, uh, no matter how long the delay is, nothing else had to take place except that which is foretold in the last, the last things in, the, in John's writing here. So he writes, uh, verse 4, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. Um, in the book of Revelation, there is a lot of imagery. Okay? Much of the imagery you don't have to interpret because John tells you what it is. The imagery that you do have to interpret, the interpretation or the imagery is introduced in the Old Testament, right? And so you just have to be familiar with the Old Testament with the imagery that's presented there, and that is consistent uh, throughout, uh, throughout the, the, uh, the book of Revelation. Does that make sense? Okay. So if, if you read something and you don't understand what it is, keep reading. John explains a lot of it, okay? Um, Seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, and the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. The ruler of the kings of the earth. We're going to, that's going to become clear by the time we get to Revelation chapter 21. Uh, the kings of the earth are going to bring their tribute into this great king who lives in the New Jerusalem. So he is literally the king of kings and Lord of Lords. That's where this story is headed. It's not just a title. That's exactly where this thing is headed. Okay? Um, uh, to him who loves us and released us from our sins by his blood. And he has made to us, uh, made us to be a kingdom of priests to his, uh, to his God and Father. To him be glory and a dominion forever and ever. Amen. He is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who have, uh, whom he has pierced, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Amen. The Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Okay, let's stop there. Um, verse 7, behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. I'm sorry, even those who pierced him. Who is that, those who pierced him? Okay, turn, if you have questions, turn to the left. Okay, so let's turn left. Turn to Zechariah chapter 12. Um, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, right? Keep going. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum. 
Habakkuk, keep going, keep going, keep going, almost to the end of your Old Testament, right? Uh, you will find. Uh, Malachi is the last book. What's the book before the last book? Zechariah, there you go, okay. Uh, let's read chapter uh, 12. You know, man, we're gonna read the whole, yeah, gonna read the whole chapter. Uh, there is nothing new in the book of Revelation in re uh, with regard to what will happen, okay? What's new is how it will happen. The what has already been explained. Uh, the burden of the Lord uh, uh, concerning Israel, thus declares the Lord who stretches out the heavens, lays the foundation of the earth, and forms uh, the spirit of men within him. Behold, I'm going to make Jerusalem a cup that causes reeling to all the peoples around. And when the siege is against Jerusalem, it will also be against Judah. And that will come about in that day that I will make Jerusalem a heavy stone for all the peoples. All who lift it will be severely injured, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. What's he talking about here? This is at the end of the story when all the nations gather against Jerusalem. In that day, declares the Lord, I will strike every horse with bewilderment and every rider with madness. I will watch over the house of Judah and I will strike every horse of the peoples with blindness. Then the clans of Judah will say in their hearts, a strong support for us are the inhabitants of Jerusalem through the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day, I will make the clans of Judah like a fire pot among the pieces of wood and the flaming torch among, uh, torch among the sheaves. And they will consume on the right hand and on the left all the surrounding peoples, while the inhabitants of Jerusalem, again, will dwell on their own sites in Jerusalem. The Lord will save the tents of Judah first in order that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem may not be magnified above Judah. In that day, the Lord will defend the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the one who is feeble among them in that day will be like David. And the house of David will be like God and the angel of the Lord before them. And it will come about in that day that I will set about to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication so that they will look upon me whom they have pierced and they will mourn for him. As one mourns for his only son and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping of the firstborn. Okay, so... Who is the one who pierced the Christ? This is the Christ. They will look upon him whom they pierced. Okay? Um, will they be restored? Yes, they will look upon him whom they pierced. They will repent. The nations will gather around and Christ will deliver. Keep reading. Um, in that day, there will be great mourning in Jerusalem, like the mourning of the Hadramon and the plain of uh, Megiddo. And the land will mourn and every family by itself, the family of the house of David by itself, and the wives by themselves, and the family of Nathan by itself, and the wives by themselves, and the house of Levi, and so on. All the families that remain, every family by itself, and their wives by themselves. In that day, verse 13, 
a fountain will be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin, for sin and for impurity. And it will come about in that day, declares the Lord, that I will cut off the names from their of the eye of their land, and they remember no more. I will remove the prophets and the unclean spirits from the land, and it will come about that if anyone still prophesies, his father or his mother will give birth to him, uh, uh, to, to him will say, you shall not live. You have spoken falsely in the name of the Lord. Um, verse 14, or chapter 14, I'm sorry. Jump. Days are coming. When the spo spoil will be taken and divided, for I will gather, gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle. And this will be the but the rest of the people from the city. Lord, as he fights in the day of battle. In that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives will be split down the middle to the east and to the west, and a very large valley will be opened up so that half the mountains will move towards the north and half towards the south. And you will flee by the valley, by way of the valley of the mountains, by the valley of the mountains, uh, you will reach Azil. Uh, yes, you shall flee just as you fled uh, the earthquake in the days of Uzziah the king. Verse 8, and it will come about in that day that living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea and half towards the western sea. And Lord will be king over the earth. And so what's going on here? This is uh, Zechariah looking forward to this future deliverance nation of Israel, uh, of the city of Jerusalem. When the kings surround, his feet will return. So do you remember in Acts chapter 1 uh, where the disciples were with Jesus and Jesus ascends into the heaven? Where were they there? Do you remember? Where were they standing? Standing on the Mount of Olives. And what does the angel say? Why are you looking up into the sky? Says he left in the clouds, so also he will return in the clouds. And his feet will touch down where? Mount of Olives. And then he will uh, go north and wipe out all of those all of those kings, all of those armies that have surrounded uh, and set to uh, to destroy Israel. Does that make sense? Those who looked upon him, uh, they will look upon him whom they pierced, and they will mourn. Israel. Israel who uh, pierced him will look upon him. They, they pierced their own Messiah. They will look upon him, and they will mourn. I mean, they're over, or they can still That's when they repent. Yeah. Even That's all, when they the current living uh, the actual people who uh, no, the, the people who will be living during yeah. that day, Israel. All right, so Israel, the nation. Um, is that is it making sense? Everybody tracking? Um, the, the, here's here's the problem: is when you start in Genesis and you go through the sixty-five books, particularly through the Old Testament, through the prophets. 
most of those puzzle pieces have been set in place. So that when you get to the end and you're talking about the, the, the puzzle, the picture that has been constructed, but you don't know any of this, you're going, what are they talking about? Okay. Um, all, all the ones that are dead have their chance. Yeah, all of yeah. That, that's right. So the Lord will save his people, Israel. In other words, okay, let, let's let's go back to let me show you a couple Old Testament passages so that you get the foretelling of what's of what's coming. Okay, turn back to Ezekiel. Let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 36. Let's just do some major passages, okay? Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. Okay, now here's the problem that you're going to run into right away. Um, and you've been trained to do this, and it is not helping you read the Bible at all. Uh, I've got a list of, of uh, journal articles that I'm supposed to be writing, and one of them, I'm trying to think of a really uh, title that says, um, we aren't you, you aren't you, I am not you, <laughs> um, in other words, when you see we in the Bible, it's not you. It may relate to you or apply to you, but it's not you. Um, when the author says I, who is the author referring to? Himself. Who is he not referring to? You. Or them. Who would be referred to as you in this scripture he's writing. Does that make sense? I'm telling you the truth. I am not lying. My conscience bearing witness, Paul says. I have great sorrow and unceasing sorrow for them. My countrymen, according to the flesh. I, Paul, have great sorrow for them. My countrymen, according to the flesh. Who would that be? The Jews. Right. In chapter 11 of Romans, he says, I am speaking to you who are Gentiles in so much as I magnify my ministry. Okay, who's he speaking to there? The Romans who are Gentiles. There you go. You're catching on. Okay. The problem is you've been trained to read the Bible where every time it says me or you or we and you like that verse, you just commandeer it like a pirate. Our life. And it becomes your life first, okay? Uh, and that, you know, that's okay, I guess. Theologically, often it's even correct. Theologically. But that's not what the author is saying. Okay? Um, does that make sense? Oh, okay. <laughs> Question, go. It, see, it, it will do us no good to proceed quickly through this unless we get it. Go ahead. <laughs> Two words that you pierced. Just explain what was pierced. I know 
at the cross? Uh, that piercing? Yeah, the, the rejection, the rejection of Israel. Uh, yeah, the, re the rejection of Israel led to Christ's piercing. All right, then you the word repent. Repent. The Jews repented? Okay, good question. <laughs> Excellent question. Thank you, Mike. Um, there you go. There you go. Should I hear? Repent. We hear that word all the time in church, okay? It's used all the time, all the time, all the time. Uh, the word in the Old Testament for repent is the word shuv. Shuv. It means to return. Okay? And it's used of Israel. Israel was delivered out of Egypt by Moses, yes? And entered into a covenant. That's an agreement. It's a deal. Okay? I will be your God. You will be my people. You don't go follow other gods. If you follow other gods, I will send these judgments upon you. War, famine, death. My prophets will come and they will pronounce judgment. And these judgments will play out uh, before your eyes. Because you have gone and followed other gods. You have left the Lord your God. You have left the wife of your youth. That's the language. You've left the wife uh, of your youth. You have joined yourself to other gods. You've gone into covenant with other gods. And the Lord will cause you to return to the Lord your God. Does that make sense? Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Wait, Before, so I want to tie, so, so I want to go very slowly here so that you see it. All right? So I tie this Deuteronomy 30 to Ezekiel 36. Well, but your question was, what does it mean to repent or specifically a timeline of repent repent Israel Israel returned they will return to the Lord their God they will look upon him whom they pierced okay now um, this is very important so I want to go very slowly and methodically so that you see it the reason that Israel was chosen by the Lord was to bring forth the Lord's promised Messiah. There is no Israel before Israel. There is no nation Israel before the person Israel whose name was changed from Jacob. Are you with me? The promise was given to Jacob. Before that, the promise was given to Isaac. The promise was given to Abraham. In you or with you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Blessed how? Through the removing of the curses that were set forth upon all men at creation. And so the removal of the curses and the restoration of the eternal life, the life which was promised in the garden and was lost, is only through Christ. This God is the God of creation. And the only God who can remove the curses <laughs> through his son, who he has promised to this nation. You with me? So to reject the Lord is to reject his promise of blessing, provision of restoration, removal of curses through his son. The rejection of the personification 
of that deliverance is a rejection of the God of that deliverance. Does that make sense? To reject the Son is to reject the Father. To believe in the Father is to believe in the Son. You cannot believe in the Father and reject the Son. This is the problem that the Pharisees have. This is the problem that Israel has. They have rejected the God of their salvation. Does that language make sense to you? They have rejected the God of their deliverance. Deliverance from what? Deliverance from sin, deliverance from death, deliverance from the curses that were placed on creation. So listen to this. There is no salvation in any God. Does that make sense? There is no deliverance from the curses placed on creation in any other God. There is no deliverance from death, sorrow, suffering, sickness in any other God. Eternal life comes only from this God through the provision that he promised at the very beginning. And so when Israel rejects the Lord their God and goes after the gods of the nations, they're going after gods in whom there is no deliverance. Does that make sense? And so the Lord speaks to them as they go. He says, go ahead. This is Deuteronomy chapter 32. Go ahead. Go see if those gods can deliver you. It is I who put to death. I who give life. It is I who wound and I who heal. There is no one who can deliver you from my hand, says the Lord God. So you go over there and you seek refuge in Baal or whoever and what are they seeking refuge from? They're rejecting the Lord. They're going over there, attaching themselves to other gods. And he says, they cannot deliver you. They cannot protect you from my hand that is going to be upon you. My hand of wrath, my hand of judgment. This is the book of Daniel. And every single king over there that serves another god recognizes, uh-oh, our god is not stronger than the god of Israel, the god of Daniel the God of Meshach, the God of uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You remember what Nebuchadnezzar says when he puts the, puts the boys in the furnace? He says, there is no one who can deliver you from my hand. Well, guess what happened? His God does. And so his conclusion is there is no God like the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He is the, listen to the language, the God of gods, and the Lord of lords. Yeah, see, so Israel has rejected the Lord their God. They've gone and served other gods. And so the judgment that is placed upon them out there, outside of the land, they're kicked out of the land of promise. Really? The land of blessing. And he judges them out there to get them to do what? Return to the Lord your God, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 30. So before we get to Ezekiel 36, let me read Deuteronomy chapter 32, okay? And hopefully it makes a whole lot of sense. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 28 is the, is the, the blessings and curses, okay? Chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. If you follow me, I will bless you in the land. You will get a foretaste in the land of the blessings that will come with eternal life. But if you reject me, then there's nowhere that you can go where you can hide from me. 
I will curse you in the city. I'll curse you in the country. I'll curse everything about you. Your, your offspring will be cursed. Uh, I will send famine upon you, madness, blindness, all of the curses that I sent upon Egypt, I'll send upon you. Uh, verse 45, so all these curses shall come upon you. They shall pursue you and they shall overtake you until you are destroyed. Do you want to put yourself in that verse? <laughs> Notice you're going, that's eh, not my verse. Never heard of that one. That doesn't apply to me. <laughs> because you would not obey the Lord your God by keeping his commandments and his statutes, which I commanded you, which he commanded you. And they shall become a sign and a wonder on you and on your seed, your descendants after you. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with a glad heart for the abundance of things, therefore you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord your God shall send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, in lack of things. And he will put an iron yoke upon your neck until he has destroyed you. Take my yoke, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He continues, the Lord will bring nations from afar, afar upon you, from the ends of the earth as the eagle swoops down, a nation whose language you do not understand. Languages in the Bible brought against Israel is a judgment upon Israel. A, fierce, a, a nation of fierce continents, you shall, shall have no respect for the old. Moreover, he will curse the offspring of your you know, herds and all this stuff. And uh, he will bring back, verse 60, he will bring you back to Egypt to bring the diseases of Egypt against you and they will cling to you. Because you didn't cling to the Lord, the diseases of Egypt will cling to you. Every sickness, every plague, which is, uh, which, uh, verse 61, which not written in this book of the law, the Lord shall bring upon you until you are destroyed and you will be left few in number. Um, Israel rejects the Lord. Okay, parentheses, illustration. Israel rejects the Lord. Uh, there's a couple. Uh, the husband's name is, my God is King. Like, his wife's name is Naomi. Uh, they have gone after foreign gods. They are kicked out of the land, into the land of Moab and their sons sickly and wasting away, take foreign wives, and then they die bereft. They were, she says, uh, and she was bereft. That's the word, that, it's the same word. You will be left few in number. That's what's happening to Naomi. Her husband has died. Her sons are died. Uh, and she's left with these two. You're watching this happen. And then Israel repents. And what happens to Naomi? Where does Naomi and Ruth go? They heard that the Lord was visiting his people in the land, and so they returned to the land, right? It's playing out throughout the whole Old Testament. You'll be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of the multitude, but because you did not obey the Lord, uh, it, shall come, uh, it shall come about that as the Lord delighted over you to prosper you and to multiply you, so the Lord will delight over you to, to make you perish. Did you catch that? Perish. For God so the world, we gave his only begotten Son, who shall believe shall not perish. Uh, in Matthew chapter 10, 
Jesus sends his disciples out to Israel. He says, do not go to the Gentiles. Do not go to the Samaritans. Go only to the, it's translated lost sheep. It's not the word, it's perishing. Go to the perishing sheep of the house of Israel. See what they say. Make you perish and destroy you. You shall be torn from the land that you're entering to possess. He will scatter you among the peoples from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. There you will serve other gods whom your fathers didn't know. And among the nations, verse 65, you shall find no rest. There shall be no resting place for the sole of your foot. Uh, you will give you a trembling heart, despair of eyes. Uh, uh, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Who's Jesus talking to? The Jews. Take my you tired of the yoke of the Gentiles being upon your neck that came in waves of Babylon and Medes and the Persians and the Greeks and the Romans? I'll give you rest. And they look at him and they say, we hate your guts. You're from Satan. And they pierce him. They reject him. And so he is killed. But, turn to verse chapter 30. Does that surprise the Lord? Nope, not at all. Deuteronomy 30, it shall come about when all these things have come upon you, the blessing and the curse. The blessings and the curses which were spelled out in Deuteronomy chapter 28, two verses earlier. <laughs> which I have set before you, and you call them to mind in the nations where the Lord your God has banished you. Why is that? Because they've been scattered among the nations. Uh, I want to, I've said this before, I want to remind you. Paul, uh, I'm sorry, Peter writes to those who are scattered throughout Bithynia and Asia and Cappadocia, uh, scattered. He's writing to, to Jews who were scattered. James writes to the 12 tribes dispersed. Greetings. Why are they dispersed? <laughs> this is why. When you call them to mind in the nations where the Lord your God has banished you and you return, there's your word, repent, you return to the Lord your God and obey him with all of your heart and with all of your soul, according to all that I'm commanding you today, then the Lord your God will restore you. You return to the Lord, he will return you to the land. It's the exact same word. They translate it differently, restore, but it's shuv, return. You return to the Lord, he returns you to the land. And he will have compassion upon you. And he will gather you from all the peoples where the Lord your God has scattered you. Pause, stop parenthetical story. Um, the lost son, Jewish dad has two sons. One of the sons of Pharaoh. <coughs> and the sinner goes off and he sins. And guess what? He leaves the inheritance of the land. He attaches himself. He's under Gentile authority where he is in hunger and thirst and nakedness and in lack of things. And he Verses, comes to his senses and he says, here's what I will do. I will return to my father and I will say, father, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. And so he returns to the father and the father restores him from captivity and has compassion upon him. Exact same words. What's that story about? I don't know. Teaching about... Israel's and the Pharisees don't get it. Keep going. Okay. In the parents. If your outcasts are at the end of the earth, from there the Lord your God will gather you back and bring you back 
and the Lord your God will bring you into the land which your fathers possessed, and you will possess it. Then he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers. Moreover, the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all of your soul, and uh, with all of your uh, heart, with all of your soul, in order that you may live. Turn to Ezekiel 36. Now turn to Ezekiel 36. Every one of these uh, prophets, every one, is going to talk about Israel's return to the Lord, being, being given a new heart and a new spirit, right, to serve the Lord. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36, okay? So let's uh, pick it up in verse 22. Thus says, uh, therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is the Lord speaking to Ezekiel, Thus says the Lord God, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I'm about to act, but for my holy name, which you profaned among the nations where you went. How did they profane the name of the Lord among the nations where they went? They were kicked out of the land, and they rejected the Lord, and they rejected the rock of his salvation. You with me? And I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which you profaned among the nations which you profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. When I prove myself holy among you in their sight. So how will the nations know that the Lord God of Israel is the Lord God of all? And the nations see Israel's repentance. When I prove myself holy, I, the Lord, prove myself holy in your Israel's sight. For I will take you from the nations, and I will gather you from all the lands, and I will bring you back into your own land. What land is that? Israel. Land of Israel. Then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you will be clean. And I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all of your idols. Last uh, book, uh, last verse in First John. Right, uh, John warns them of uh, idols. Yes. 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 That there's yeah. I will. Uh, uh, well, your idols, verse twenty-six. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. Who was the Spirit promised to? Israel. Israel. Did you get the Spirit? How'd that work? That's Acts chapter 10. The disciples, you know, Peter goes, he preaches to a bunch of, okay, parentheses. Peter goes, preaches to a bunch of, uh, well, a bunch, uh, his Gentile and his buddies. And they all believe the gospel and the Holy Spirit of promise is poured out on them without becoming Jews. They go, well, what is this? Goes back, Peter goes back and tells the others. And they're going, what are you doing hanging out with Gentiles? He says, you're not going to believe this. And so he tells them the story, what happened? And they conclude, well, then the spirit of promise has been poured out on the Gentiles as well. God has granted them repentance well. Now, 
all creation, uh, the Gentiles left the Lord as well back there early, right? Uh, God kept this nation Israel as his own, but the Gentiles, were the Gentiles created by the Lord? Yes. Did they reject the Lord? Yes. They just did it earlier then. So did they need to return to the Lord, the Creator? Yes, they did. Exactly. Um, um, because the reason they never knew was because Israel never told them. We'll get to that. Right? That was their job. But Israel's going to do their job in the future. So I'll give you a new heart and a new spirit. Verse 26, I'll remove your heart of stone. Uh, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and I will cause you to walk in all my statues and you will be careful to keep all my ordinances. And you will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers and you will be my people and I will be your God. Moreover, okay, Hosea. Israel, what is, what's Israel doing in the book of Hosea? Do you remember? What's the story you remember from Hosea? If you remember one, remember about Hosea and Gomer. Who's Gomer? She's a prostitute. Okay. Why is this imagery relevant? Because Israel, he says, Gomer, go join yourself to a prostitute. Right. Because Israel has played the heart and have children with her. And what are the children's names? Well, the first one is God sows, Jezreel. The second one is Lo Ami, you are not my people and I am not your God. And the third one is lo rachama, no compassion, for I will have no compassion upon them. I'm going to judge them. They are not my people. I'm going to kick them out of the land. And then, when my plans are complete, I will go and I'll get them back. I will woo them back to me, and I will call those who are not my people, what? My people. And those who I didn't have compassion upon, I will have compassion. And so Isaiah chapter 4, he's going to say, comfort, comfort my people, Israel, says the Lord. You were sold for nothing. You will be redeemed without money. How will they be redeemed? How will they be bought back with the blood of Christ? Making sense? Coming together? Okay, keep going. I will save you from all your uncleanliness, verse 29. I will call the grain and I will multiply it in the famine. I will not bring famine upon you and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the produce of the field and, and you will not again receive disgrace of famine among the nations. Then you will remember your evil ways and your deeds which were and you will yourself in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. I'm not doing this for your sake, declares the Lord God. Let it be known, be ashamed and confounded for your ways, O house of Israel. Thus says the Lord God, on that day I will cleanse you from all of your iniquities and I will cause your cities to be inhabited and the waste places to be rebuilt and the desolate land to be cultivated instead of being a desolation in the sight of everyone who passes by. Then they will say, the desolate land has become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are fortified and inhabited. Then the nations that are left round about, you will know that I, the Lord, have rebuilt the ruined places, uh, replanted that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Thus says the Lord. This uh, also I will let the house of Israel ask me to do for them. I will increase their men like the flock and the flocks of their sacrifices like the flock of Jerusalem during the appointed feast, 
so that the waste cities will be filled with them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So what's the final proof? Everything the Lord says is going to happen is going to happen. He's going to tell Isaiah, check and see. You ask any other gods. Go, 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 go to any other gods and say, you declare the future and bring it to pass. The Lord says, only I do that. And so uh, turn over to, to Jeremiah. And now, now, I'm just picking some, some spots because um, I don't care if you know Hosea, you can, you know, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk. You can pick a prophet, and I don't care which one. Every single one of them will talk about the restoration of the nation Israel back to the land in the last days. Every one of them. Uh, and so the book of Revelation is not doing anything, uh, anything different. Uh, so let me show you one more passage, Jeremiah. This is Jeremiah chapter 31. In that day, I will be the God of all of the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Does that surprise you? It's only said like every other verse throughout the whole section of the prophet. Okay. Um, behold, the days are coming. Skip down to verse 31. Declares the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with who? The house of Israel and the house of Judah. Okay, so who's the new covenant with? The house of Israel and the house of Judah. See, so when I, when I teach, I say, look, this, this is not hard. It's just sounding out the big words. But you're, you're not, but you got to sound them out. You got to actually read it. You can't just skim over it looking for a verse you like to put on your refrigerator. All right? Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers. What fathers? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Moses. I took them by the hand and brought them out of the hand of Egypt, my covenant, which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. If the Lord was the husband, who was the wife? Israel. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and on their heart I will write it, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. And they shall not again teach a man, a man each man his neighbor, saying, Know the Lord. For they shall all know me from the least to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquity, and their sin I will remember no more. Thus says the Lord. Gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night. Who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from before me. Then the offspring of Israel shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Okay. Did the sun come up this morning? Last night, did you see stars? You go down to Galveston, as ugly as it might be, with oil crashing on the shore. I don't even know if you'll have to see it. 
you can sneak on there with your COVID mask and maybe they'll run you. But anyway, the waves are still there. You with me? If this fixed order departs from before me, declares the Lord of hosts, the Lord of hosts, I like that, uh, except I don't like how it's translated hosts. Uh, the Lord of Savaot. You know what Savaot is? Hosts. Uh, kind of lost its zing. Savaot is armies. It's the Lord of armies. Which armies? Well, which one? Does he control the physical armies of the earth? Yeah, he does. Does he control, uh, more importantly, the, uh, the armies of the heavens? The angels? Oh, yeah. If this, uh, so, so the Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from the, uh, before me, declares the Lord, then the offspring of Israel shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Um, I was, I got an email or a text, I guess it was a text the other day from a student. He's actually the head basketball coach at Oral Roberts University. Really good guy. And he said, can you explain to me the difference between uh, what we believe and what covenant theologians teach is it and he goes in all kinds of stuff I said no no it's real simple when the Bible says Israel we believe it means Israel when the Bible says Gentiles we believe it means Gentiles we do not believe that when the Bible says Israel it means the church That's what covenant theology does. Right? Um, that makes sense. So is there a future for Israel? Yes. Do yes. you only find that in the Old Testament? No. no. Where can you find it in the New Testament? Anybody know? Where can you not find it in the New Testament? But where explicitly can you find it? There you go. That's my star student. Anne saying Romans 9 through 11. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you see it everywhere. Acts chapter 1, right, after, uh, right before Jesus ascends, his disciples ask Jesus a question. You remember the question? Is it now the time that you're establishing the kingdom of heaven? Why would they say the kingdom of heaven? Because they've been taught to pray. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, in heaven, is there any, uh, I don't know, chaos and COVID and nut jobs <laughs> running around teaching all kinds of garbage or whatever? No, it's all just going along just fine, right? So, so what we mean by covenant theologians are your... Uh, um, most denominations who teach an amillennial view. Okay. So, uh, uh, so amillennial, ah means no, millennial means uh, millennial reign, no thousand year reign of Christ, okay. not a literal thousand year reign of Christ. Okay. So there's terms that we're, we're gonna talk about rapture. Everybody holds to a rapture. Everybody believes in a rapture because Paul says it. But the word uh, raptura is the Latin which comes out of Paul's letter to, to the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Okay? We will all be caught up. 
that's the word uh, in Latin. So that the rapture occurs is not in question with anyone. It's when it occurs. Um, uh, so we'll talk about rapture. We'll talk about millennial kingdom or no millennial kingdom. We'll talk about tribulation. So, um, so what? So, so just to generally uh, state it to, to start with, uh, what um, covenant theologians believe? Uh, general big picture, some variants, but generally, is. Um, uh, that the kingdom is now, that Christ is reigning now in the hearts of men. Now, in Revelation chapter 20, when it talks about the millennial kingdom, if you're going to say there is no millennial kingdom, and so the kingdom is now, during that kingdom, Satan is bound. So they also teach that Satan is bound now. Um, and Christ is reigning. Well, excuse me, but he's not doing a very good job of reigning. And if he's bound, he got a long chain. Right? <laughs> um, how does this reign of Christ describe? Uh, well, yeah, but but what's his administration look like? Before the line, rod of iron. You oppose him, guess what? You die. Yeah, there's no there's no peaceful protest, no rioting in the streets, uh, and he's not a benevolent dictator. If you oppose him, you die. This is Psalm two. If you take your stand against the Lord and against His Christ. He kills you dead. Now, this is where the story's headed. All the nations gather against Israel, against his people, to make war with the Lamb. What does he do to them? What's this Har Megiddo? This is the battle of the mountain or the hip Har. We translate it mountain, but it's not. If you ever go there, it's, it's a bump. And it's a man-made bump because the city's been built upon the city of them. But it's, it was a hill, hill of Megiddo in the valley, the Jezreel Valley. And this thing is a mess. Described as a bloodbath with the blood up to the bridles of the horses. You do not want to oppose the Lord. This is the um, Peter, in Second Peter. Exhortation. So, uh, for all believers, you don't take your stand against the Lord. He's coming. And don't make the mistake of thinking that a delay in judgment is no judgment at all. He's coming. And so, eschatology, uh, the study, ology of eschaton, or eschaton the, the study of end time, it, it penetrates through every book of the Bible. Because every believer throughout every age does what he's doing or what they are doing because the king is coming. And you want to be found faithful. Make sense? Okay. So it doesn't matter if it's Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Isaiah or any prophet or any Old Testament book or 
any of the Gospels, uh, Jesus in Matthew 24, talking about the abomination of desolation, you see it run All of this uh, is, all of these New Testament books require Old Testament understanding. And so, pull this back around, Israel will look upon him whom they pierced and they will repent. And uh, the Lord will again make those who are not his people, his people, and he will save them. And he will destroy the nations who have gathered against his people. Does that make sense? That is, that's not new. At the, at the time of, in Revelation, will look upon him who they, but it's probably they, their ancestors. They, the Israel, the nation has, yeah, has rejected. With a spear and side. Well, they rejected, yeah, they rejected uh, Jesus and his piercing of the crucifixion. Does that make sense? Question. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So they repent or return. Yes. Yep. All's forgiven. Yep. But they still don't believe the truth. No, they haven't and yet. You told me a year ago. Keep going. That he made a promise to the Jewish people. And that's why he is like giving them. Free pass for not believing in his son. No, no. Not all Jesus. Okay. Okay. So let's let's clarify this, and then we'll we'll have to shut it off. Okay. Uh, um, th th see how we're, we're we're we want to talk about the end of the story, um, but we, we got to fix all of the stuff before we get there. Okay. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament. Um, God, uh, do you remember the story of Elijah the prophet? Moses Baal, and, and he says, oh, you know, he's going, oh, Lord, it's just me. I'm by myself. He said, no, no, no. I've kept 700 who have not knelt uh, the needs to uh, bow down to Baal. God has always kept a remnant of Israel, a faithful remnant, a believing remnant. That's who Paul is. Paul is part of the believing remnant. John, part of the believing remnant. Peter, part of the believing remnant. Um, and so the believing remnant, the disciples, plus Paul, has taken the gospel to the Gentiles during this time. Okay? So there's a remnant through Isaiah, through the prophets, uh, Habakkuk. All of the prophets would be part of the believing remnant, wanting to have judgment come upon Israel. And then they're like, well, wait a second. We didn't want this, Lord, <laughs> Habakkuk. So even the remnant is judged along with the nation. Therefore, they are like sheep led to slaughter. Talking about the bleeding. Get kicked, get kicked out of the land. Just destroyed. They all die in exile, all of them. They suffer the punishment with the nation. But there's a believing remnant throughout. But there's a time coming. When, and, and today, there are Jews who believe the gospel, a remnant. But there's a time coming when he'll save the nation Israel. He'll pull them back together. All of those who are living in that day will be gathered back into the land which their fathers possessed, and they will possess it. And he will sprinkle them with water, make them clean, give them a new heart, and understand. And that's still to come. That has not happened yet. So there's still a remnant of Israel. Died and rejected. They're done. Absolutely. 
Say that again. The Jews who have, are dead now that never believe in Christ, they don't they don't so get another chance. Like they're not resurrected in Christ. They're, they're they have but only the living ones, the ones the Jews who are alive during the revelation. During that day. They all believe. They will believe. They will believe. They will believe. Not the ones today. Not the ones today, unless uh, unless uh, they believe the gospel. So God is able to; He will keep His remnant. So there's going to be a time that they, the next generation or the next generation will the wholesale nation will repent. Yes, the, all all of those will they will repent. But we are now in this time of Israel's national rejection of the Lord and of his Christ. It is during that time that the gospel is going to the Gentiles for two reasons. To fulfill the Abrahamic covenant that through uh, with Abram all the nations will be blessed. With Abram's seed or Abram's seed all the nations will be blessed. This is the how. It's not what. It's how. It is through Israel's rejection the gospel has come to us, the Gentiles. Fulfilling Abraham's promise and to move them to jealousy, to move them to anger. It will be used when uh, in the end times to bring them to just just making sense. So, so I know we want to talk about the end of the story and, and will, but I want to make real clear that we understand this. Otherwise, we'll just get into debate about well, that could mean this and this could mean that. This guy says that, that guy says the other, and I'm going to say, yeah, but Isaiah says this. And Jeremiah says this, and Ezekiel says this, and Daniel says this, and Habakkuk says this, and Joel says this, and Zechariah says this. And so all of the Old Testament prophets say this, and, you know, Fred the theologian says that. Well, Fred the theologian's an idiot. He needs to go back and listen to Daniel and Isaiah and Jeremiah, Ezekiel and Daniel, uh, and, and Jesus and Paul and Peter. <laughs> That's a better approach. You with it? Make sense? I have a friend in here now, so I'm going to change his name. Fred. The Fred the theologian. Fred the theologian. <laughs> yeah, well, Fred the theologian. Whatever. It wasn't that Fred. It was, it was, it was a different <laughs> Mike the theologian says, <laughs> Jesse, or Klingler the theologian. See, uh, Klingler is an idiot. I tell my students this all the time. He's an absolute idiot. Don't listen to him. You make sure that his words, what, match the, the scriptures. But you can't just go in there and go, oh, I like that verse. That's for me. Um, now at that time, the army will gather. The Lord's going to gather his army for me. No, he's not. <laughs> not what it says, right? <laughs> you know? So first read it. Or, you know, give it a fair reading. And then... See if what we're saying matches. If it doesn't match, ask questions. Good? Let me close word for Lord, thanks for our time. Thanks for our church and for Tim and pastoral staff and those who keep watch over our souls who take care of us. Lord, when they stand before you to give an account, let it go well with them and with us. So Lord, as we continue to study and teach, change our hearts, train us, teach us in your ways is our prayer. Christ, amen. amen. Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you back. It's probably about time to do a Sunday school or something. Isn't it?